You must wow your audience ASAP. That's according to our next guest, Deb Sofield. She's an executive speech coach and says you cannot build up to your wow in your speech. You must draw your audience in right away. And also, if you still say elevator speech, you are way behind the times. Find out why public speaking has radically changed. A few things before we get going here. First of all, Skype hits once again. My Skype, when I recorded this, had a mind of its own. It's all arable, but uh, you'll notice some minor audio hits. And then also, when I recorded this, Andrea Connor was still the president of Athena International. She has since moved into a different role since her term ended. But I wanted to kind of timestamp that all for you. And without further ado, let's get going. Episode number 112 starts right now. Welcome to Women Really Mean Business, presented by Athena International, the podcast that tells you the story of how women are impacting business, one guest at a time. Now here's your host, Jeff Bolitnikoff, with another successful woman and her unique business journey. Women Really Mean Business, presented by Athena International. It's always a little bit of a I'm always a little scared in these episodes because I'm going to be interviewing a fellow podcaster, but she does more than that. Her name is Deb Sofield. She's a keynote speaker, author of the book, Speak Without Fear, Rockstar Presentation Skills to Get People to Hear What You Say. She's a radio talk show host in the Salem Network. Of course, I mentioned she's a podcaster. She's the president of her own executive speech coaching company. And in all her spare time, she teaches at Harvard and... She's on the faculty of the campaign school at Yale University. So, oh my gosh, Deb, I could spend this whole 20 minute interview just going over your bio, but I think I'll bring you in. Welcome you. Thank you very much for being here and appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me. It's uh, always a wonderful opportunity to speak with friends from our Athena background. So good. Absolutely. And we'll get into a little bit of the Athena stuff as well. But Deb, I gave everybody a brief of your bio, but maybe you'd like to talk to the folks in your own words. Sure. Thanks so much. So I am an executive speech and corporate presentations coach. And what that means is the one thing most people fear is the thing I excel at, and I love to help others. So I help folks craft their message so it actually leaves the stage. Uh, You and I have heard speakers who seem to like the sound of their own voice versus letting a message leave the stage to change the life of others. I've been involved in politics for years, and I'm one of the top campaign coaches for women. I work with a lot of guys, but I have a real specialty for women because, as you well know, Jeff, today's public hears women candidates a little differently than they do a male candidate. So women have to craft a different words and language to make sure they are heard in the proper way. And so when I teach at campaign schools, so let me just correct that. Uh, I am a guest lecturer for Harvard, and I'm at the Kennedy School, and I have a great opportunity to train women who will be leading in other countries as we're trying to build our skills to be seen and heard on a national and international level. I've been at the campaign school at Yale for years. Again, it's a week-long summer program, and I am the public speaking teacher, debate forum, and interview teacher. Again, just helping people make sure that their words land in the minds of their audience who unfortunately have a Twitter mentality, and they're actually not listening. So we've got to learn to capture them. I've been doing this for years, and I really enjoy what I do. Thanks for mentioning my book, Speak Without Fear. I'm actually working on an online public speaking course, 
And if I hadn't been locked in with this virus, I'm not sure I would have ever gotten it done. But I have literally pushed through this. And it's been, I know it sounds strange, it has been so much fun to go back and relearn and to re-energize those public speaking rules that I grew up with. I actually have a degree in public speaking. It was the only thing I was good at in school. I wanted to be a a coach, and my parents were like, "Mm, no, let's go do something else. So I actually got a degree in public speaking, not many of us out there, but it was one thing I knew I could do and do well. And I, my greatest joy is when my clients thrive, whether it's a TEDx talk or something from the stage, a radio interview, a podcast, dealing with the media. I do a lot of media work. So again, like many of the other amazing women on the Athena Network, we're here to help others and to thrive and to be their very best. Well, Deb, I really appreciate you clarifying your bio, and that's always why I give the guests the floor, because I don't know sometimes what I don't know. So it's really great that you're able to offer some clarity. Also, I wanted to tell people that as we record this, it is May 2nd, 2020. We are still in the midst of lockdown. I hope by the time you're listening to this, we are not anymore. And then also, I want to mention Deb's website, debsofield.com. That's D-E-B-S-O-F-I-E-L-D.com. And we'll put that in the resource section as well. Deb, I want to go to something you said about how everybody is consuming things in Twitter. And that's how they're understanding things these days. So as a speaker, what are the strategies that you tell your clients to use to break through these people that are just not paying as much attention as they might have done back in the day? Yeah, it's a great question, but here's the difference. When you and I were coming through, Jeff, we were taught to build to wow. You remember in, in English class, it's kind of like you build up to the story. You can't do that anymore. I learned that when I had my radio show because I am literally one centimeter away from the next station. So if I didn't come on and say something that would capture your attention, I might lose you. And as speakers, I have found so many times they have boring introductions. They're not very, just not very clever. They're not thinking through. And so people get lost waiting for the meat of your message. Wake up your audience. My joke is, because I speak a lot lot of rotaries, and I'm like, I want you to put down your salad fork and look up at me and go, what'd she say? So it's that. You have got, forget all your introduction. You know, as a coach, I'll tell you, the the way to write and craft an amazing speech, write your conclusion first. Write your conclusion first. Anyone can write an introduction. That's easy. But when you start with a conclusion and you know where you're going to go, it changes everything. I got to tell you, I work a lot in the C-suite business with presidents of corporations, and they'll hand me some speech that somebody wrote for them, and it's usually dull and boring. Nine times out of ten, when I take the ending and I make it the beginning, it changes everything. Because nobody has time for you to build to wow. So it's almost along the lines of I have to – you almost have to sell the audience on why they should be listening. Before people kind of had, for lack of a better way to phrase this, they had more patience. So they were willing to (laughs) sit there for the buildup now – What's in it for me? Okay, nope, I, I, don't, I don't hear anything for me. I'm grabbing my phone. Is that what you're saying there? Absolutely, absolutely. And we teach a real simple formula called B, B-E-E, like a honeybee. And years ago, you were taught to learn your elevator speech. Please don't say that anymore. That means you're old school and you don't quite get this new generation. So we fo- I focus on B, big fat claim, explain, example. 
And remember, Americans think in threes. I, I travel internationally. Most people think in threes. Red light, yellow light, green light, father, son, holy ghost, proton, neutron, electron, snap, crackle, pop. So B works perfect here. So think about this. If you and I meet at an event and you say, hey, Deb, what do you do? I say, well, I'm an executive speech coach. You are going to turn around and go find someone else to talk to. Because <laughs> you'll be thinking to yourself, seriously, I hate public speaking, which I hear all the time. But, Jeff, what if I said, hey, Jeff, I can add an extra zero to your income? Whoa. There you go. Now you're going to stay with me. Yeah, okay, absolutely. That was my big, and that's my that claim. And then I explain, listen, I'm an executive speech coach. I help people craft a message that people not only hear, but they take action on. And then here's my example. Mr. Johnson came to me a couple of years ago. Actually, his wife sent him to me. He had to do a, an event, and he was very nervous. I helped him with a speech. And at the end, longest applause ever, no questions from the audience. So that was my big fat claim, the explanation of what I do, and then a story of success. B, big fat claim, explain example. I tell you one thing that I've noticed throughout this interview is you are enthusiastic and energetic without being over the top. And I know that's got to be something that you have purposely worked on. So maybe talk to us also not only about your content, but the tone that you take. Well, I have had two double espressos this morning, so we'll, <laughs> <laughs> I've had, so we'll add that in I, I've had hey, four you know coffees today myself, so. <laughs> so let's think about it. If you love what you do, you're always going to be excited. It is true. I, I know when you're younger, you're like, oh, that's a crazy idea. But when you wake up every day and you say, you know what, today somebody is better because of me, I, I can't think of anything better. So, yeah, but also remember, I am a coach, and I realized I was monotone the whole time. You would be thinking, why did they ever ask her to do a video, uh, to do a podcast? So I have to, to keep you awake, to keep my audience engaged. I will go high and low. I will use this amazing instrument that we all have, but most of us do not use to its fullest advantage, and that's your lips, your tongue, your teeth, your jaw. Let's use this instrument that you have to its fullest advantage. And for a lot of my clients, I make them look out the window of the office and open their jaw, mouth as wide as it can, and I'll hear a jaw pop, and they're like, oh, yeah, open up your mouth. Use your lips. Now, remember, I'm Southern, so down here in the South, we tend to drop off our endings. So I have to help a lot of clients here to finish that idea and to use real words. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Jeff Foxworthy has killed us here in the South. So always having to remind our folks, you know, they think you married your cousin and you don't wear shoes. So you've got to be articulate to make sure people will actually listen. And then when I work above the Mason-Dixon, slow down, don't be so nasal, take a deep breath, have a little energy in your voice. Well, I have to mention, too, as well, this is on your bio, and of course, going to be linking to your website, is just that uh, you are the real deal as far as when you say uh, you get a charge out of improving the lives of others, you are awarded the Order of the Palmetto, which is the state mm -hmm. of South Carolina's highest honor for improving the lives of others. So maybe you could briefly just tell me about that. Thank you. That was a great honor. Uh, our governor at the time was Mark Sanford, but the person who really helped was a, a next governor that was uh, Nikki Haley. And I'd known her for years, actually helped on her first campaign. And I work for the State Department. And so the State Department sends me around the world with a few non-NGO organizations where I help 
primarily women in other countries because they've been awarded a seat in parliament maybe, and maybe they were a token, but now they've gotten there and they're like, hey, I could do something with this, but they don't know what to do. So it's like, call Deb Sofield. I've been, in, I've been elected for, I think, 21 years. I just got reelected. I think I need to add it up again. And then I work here in my state helping a lot of folks find their voice and learn to use it. So it was a great honor. They don't give many of those out, but I, uh, I do have the order of the Palmetto, actually. It's here in my office, still on the wall. So very good. That's an amazing story. I'm really happy that you shared that with us. And let's go to and talk, like we said at the beginning of the podcast, so we'd mentioned some Athena stuff. So a few minutes left <laughs> to go before we roll into our last few questions. I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you what Athena International has meant to you. You know, what I appreciate about Athena is I'm in a lot of organizations, but I'm not in many that is female leadership aspiring, world-changing. And that's what I have so appreciated about Andrea and the team, that ever since I've been in it, and I actually won my award many, many years ago, and I will say it's been such an encouragement to see women just like me who love people, who want to see people exceed, and people who just want to change the world. And so to find that small network of us, and we're, of course, all 50 states and around the world, that is, that's amazing. I was just Claim, claim it for what it is. That's amazing. I'm a, of course, I'm in some women's groups, but not to this level. And this is what I have really enjoyed is the friendship and just the ability to know when I see a friend online and they've won an award, well, now we're connected again. So I, I've really appreciated what Athena stands for, the principles, and the people involved. Well, Deb, let's go into some resources here. And, of course, I mentioned earlier, debsofield.com. I definitely think that people should check that out. Not think. I know you should check it out. <laughs> and also, let's talk about some other things that you might want to mention to the audience, things that maybe personally inspire you that you think could improve their lives. You know, people often ask me how I got started in this. And I, I knew early on that I did not want to be a, quote, motivational speaker. I looked around. I was young. And I didn't have a lot of experience to talk about. So I had to go to where I exceeded. And that was women in politics or politics in general. I've been a speechwriter. I've worked on the media side. I've done the volunteer side. So I, I knew that niche very well. But then it was really too small. Then I went to women in business. And I am a, um, used to own an ad agency, very successful. I sold my partnership and took a year off. And I was like, you know, what I really want to do is help people speak in such a way that makes your audience listen. So, of course, I grew up with Zig Ziglar and Jim Rohn. And <laughs> there was a funny guy named Jerry Clower. And you got to be old to know who he is. But I remember listening to these people on these CDs. My parents were really into encouraging us not to just watch television, but to use our, the other parts of our brain. And I realized that you can make people laugh. And if literally 30 minutes later, somebody walked out and said, wow, how is time well spent that I would find my place in this world? And so that has really, I got into this. I don't consider myself a motivational speaker, although everybody says that when I'm done. I am more educational because I only teach public speaking, how to deal with the media, crisis communication, and then presentation skills. So I have a small... Um, connection there. But yet, no matter what you do, you're going to need one of those skills. I realized crisis communication is my latest offering. And what I learned, because I had trained so many people in public speaking, 
that when it all hit the fan, they stumbled. And I thought, well, I can't have that. So uh, lifelong learner. I'm always trying to learn something new every day of my life. And that's what really opened up these doors of opportunity. Well, I'm going to give you the floor right at the end here, as I always do in this podcast, and let you address the audience with whatever you'd like to talk to them about. So it can be speech or something about helping others or whatever, because there's so many wide-ranging things that you do. I can imagine you taking this in a number of different directions. But having said all that, the mic is yours. The floor is yours, Deb. Okay, thank you. I'll tell you what, first of all, thanks for having me, and thank you to Athena for choosing me for this podcast. I I have a presentation I give called Deb's 15 Rules for Road. started with 106, and I whittled it down to 15. But I want to just go through a couple of these rules that I really know will change how people hear you. Rule number one, believe it or not, is lighten up and keep a relaxed face. Because the most important time when people recognize you as the speaker, the presenter, the person who is new at the dais. So I mentioned I speak to all these rotaries. So there's always the president, the sergeant of arms, the vice president, the treasurer. And then there's this new person. Well, if that new person doesn't look engaged, the audience will turn you off. So smile, pleasant expression. And I, for many, many years, I still have a few clients. I worked in the beauty pageant industry. Don't worry. If you look at me, you're like, seriously? No, I am the interview coach. I explain where Afghanistan is. Somebody has to do that. So I really help these young people. And I, Miss South Carolina, a ton of them are mine. And then I have this Rodeo America. I've done them all. But I, what I learned with that business, these girls know how to smile. And I don't need a beauty queen grin for you professional woman listening today. I just need a pleasant expression. And you've got to look in the mirror. You've got to find it. My next point is you're going to have to learn to vary your voice. If I'm going to tell a big story, my voice is going to be really loud. If I'm going to tell a sad story, my voice is going to drop down. I'll be a little more quiet. The difference is your audience will hear that and they will stop and pay attention. One thing I'm working on in this new online class I'm still developing is I realized I never struggled with writer's block, but a lot of my clients do. Friends, figure out what it is you want to share with the world and then do your homework. See, everyone thinks this comes easy because we have a generation of kids. I still can't figure out the VCR, not that I have it hooked up anymore, but you and I, you know, a seven-year-old can figure this stuff out. So I find a lot of my audience is like, oh, it's just too much work. Yeah, it's a lot of work. I think it's important, especially for women, that as they introduce themselves or within their talk, that they tell the audience their credentials. Now, one way you do this, and if I had homework for any of our compatriots across the country here with Athena, is write your introduction. Write your introduction. See, if you don't, you end up in a situation like I have where I'm so well-known in my community, and people are like, hey, our speaker today is Deb Sofield. Everybody loves Deb. Here's Deb. Well, now that does me no good. See, what I need, what you did this morning for me, Jeff, where you read through things that made somebody who go, eh, just another speaker go, oh, really? I went to Harvard. Oh, I went to Yale. Where somebody can build you up. Now, this is not your resume. This is not your CV. This is three paragraphs about who you are, what you do, and what you can do for others. And make sure you put your website on it. It's on your stationery, and it's 20-point type. And you carry it with you everywhere. So when you are ever introduced, you literally hand it to somebody. Hey, please read this for me. Just read it verbatim. And all my years of speaking, and I'm headed towards 30 years on the circuit. 
I have never had someone look at me and say no. They were thrilled to have an introduction because they sounded better. And guess what? I sounded better. So I really, if I had to give you some advice, that's got to be part of it. The other is, friends, keep your presentation short. Last time I checked, the audience attention spans about 15 minutes. That is a long talk. We don't normally go that long. And unless somebody says, well, you got to fill an hour. Now, that's a different type of a talk because your audience is expecting that. But for most of us, if you were to go 7 to 10 is a short speech, 10 to 12 is medium, 12 to 15 is long, nobody should go past 20 minutes. Especially for after dinner, you want to keep it short. There's times of day matter. But I, I want you to keep it short because what I want someone to say is, I could have heard her all day versus she went on all day. So that differential there is what will make people say, you know, I'm, I, I heard Deb Sofield was speaking. She was so good last time. I'm going to go hear her again. And Jeff, I'll tell you, that's my goal in life. If you are within an hour of a Deb Sofield seminar, you will get in your car and drive because you know that I've done my homework, that you will learn something new. I really focus on body language for women. Ladies, gentlemen, you have got to use what you have. And that means open up and be big. Is it uncomfortable? It will be in the beginning, but over time, it won't. Years ago, I came up with a phrase called powerful people take up physical space. You've heard a variation of that all your life. Powerful people take up physical space. It is not about size, but presence. About presence. You think about amazing women when they walk in a room and go, wow, she's here. Or other people who kind of like slide in and stand in the back. Don't be the back row woman. You're invited. So let's make sure that you are seen. And that means you've got to go to the middle. I have all brothers. I'm the youngest of five. I grew up playing basketball. Every day of my life I play basketball. Nobody who, who plays basketball wants to sit in the stands. We want to be in the court because, first of all, Nobody pays spectators. They pay players. So get in the game. Use what you've got. Perfect what you have. And that takes work. I know it. Nobody wants to hear that side of it. But once you do, you'll be rock star amazing. Well, Deb Sofield, thank you so much for uh, sharing all of the wisdom in the podcast this week. And I'm, again, going to encourage people to go to debsofield.com. S-O-F-I-L-D, that's the last name, Sofield. And, of course, Deb, debsofield.com. And, again, thank you so much for joining us. Well, thanks so much for having me. On the next episode of Women Really Mean Business, presented by Athena International, we feature Nancy O'Neill, who literally started at the bottom and ended up as a successful advertising agency owner. Her advice to aspiring entrepreneurs No matter what role you have, work like you own the place because that is the mindset you need to succeed. Let's listen in as Nancy tells us all about having enthusiasm for your work. If you don't have that enthusiasm, well, I'll let Nancy explain it. Here's a little bit from her. We all know the day you are enthusiastic and passionate about something, you can do it. The day you aren't, you can barely pick up the phone. It, it's an intangible. So what brings enthusiasm is being in a field that you enjoy. And usually if you're good at something, that helps you enjoy it. So if you're in a position and you're not enjoying it, 
move on. Here's what we have enthusiasm for, and that is growing the podcast, myself and Athena International. The only way we can do that is grassroots, and that means you doing a few simple things. First of all, sharing the podcast with everybody in your network, and also rating and reviewing the podcast. It helps immensely. I don't understand all the background algorithms, but I do know the more ratings and reviews the podcast gets, the easier it becomes for people to find. So if you could do those two simple things, myself and my partners at Athena International would really appreciate it. See you next week. Thanks for being here.